If you don't change the way you do things, nothing will ever change for you. You'll continue to be overwhelmed, worn thin, missing out on time with your family, constantly stressed about that to-do list that never ends, and possibly even starting to resent the business that you started with that passion and excitement fading fast in the face of exhaustion, overwhelm, and burnout. So here are the six things that I learned throughout the years that have been game changers for my productivity and helped me get organized, get more done, and get my life back. Hey there, my name is Stephanie Kozik, and I am passionate about helping you create a photography business you love without all the guesswork. In 2010, I took a $300 camera and grew a successful photography business. Now I coach photographers all over the country to do the same. Welcome to the Fearless Photographer Podcast, where we'll chat about business, marketing, productivity, money, growth, balancing it all, and so much more. Every week on the podcast, I'll deliver honest and straightforward conversations with my best business advice with a mixture of real talk, motivation, and dorky humor. I'm committed to helping you create a successful, profitable, and sustainable photography business. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Photographer Podcast. You'll have to bear with me. It is spring in East Tennessee and everything's covered in pollen. And so I'm fighting some allergies, but I wanted to share a few things that you can implement into your business before we start this next busy season. So if it hasn't started for you already, or maybe it has, these easy habits that I'm going to share, these six things that you can do in your business are going to help you get more done and get more time back for your own family because you didn't start your business to be overwhelmed, to be overworked, underpaid, stretched thin, defending your dreams to everyone, including yourself at times with maybe your spouse resenting the time that you're spending at the computer working. And you didn't become your own boss to miss out on your memories with your own family to capture memories for others. No. We started our business because we wanted to be fulfilled creatively. We wanted to set our own hours to be present with our families while contributing financially, to have the freedom to set our own schedule and not feel that pressure of working a nine to five because we wanted the flexibility to travel when and where we wanted, to be able to chaperone our kids' field trips, to go meet friends for lunch in the middle of the week, but mainly to be present with our families and still have that creative outlet where we feel fulfilled. But for whatever reason you started your business, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're looking for ways to make this business easier to manage. You're wanting to grow, but maybe you're only one person. So if you're struggling to keep up with the daily tasks in your business and you feel like you do so many things just to stay caught up or keep clients happy, if you feel like you're constantly just putting out fires, forgetting steps or missing deadlines, or maybe stressing and pulling an all-nighter just to deliver a wedding gallery when you said you would, I have been there. I've had tear-filled conversations with my husband about the amount of stress that I was under and the amount of work that there, there was still to be done. And he resented the business because of the amount of time it took me away from our family. So here's the deal. If you want to change the way things are going now, the solution isn't, oh, I just need to book more sessions and I'll have more money and I won't be as stressed. 
that's backwards because the more you book, the more work you'll have. There's never going to be a point in your business where it calms down and you magically have more hours in the week unless you shift your mindset and change the way that you do things. You have to figure out a way to work smarter. Speaking of working smarter, I know you've heard the quote, work smarter, not harder, but I'm calling BS on that right here. Let me explain. I made so many mistakes the first couple of years in my business. I was working 40 hours a week in a corporate office. I was editing until early morning hours, shooting as many sessions as I could on the weekends. I was exhausted. My stress level was unhealthy. I wasn't my best self or creating my best work. And I used to say that the business just exploded faster than I can keep up with, but that was just an excuse. It really didn't explode at all. (laughs) I still struggled to book clients, but I was spending time working on things that didn't matter in the long run. I didn't have systems in place to save time, and I definitely wasn't priced where I needed to be for profit or sustainability. And we'll talk about that later in a later podcast. But I learned that all of that had to change. So I took courses and taught myself to learn how to do things better. I created systems and routines to learn how to do things faster. So back to our quote, I want to share a few things to help you work smarter, but you're going to have to be the one to work hard to implement these things. Now, when I tell you these things, I know exactly how easy it is to just say, oh, duh, that makes sense. You're not telling me anything I don't already know. But sometimes hearing it in a structured way, hearing how important these things are, how they change the business for myself and so many others that I mentor has allowed us to grow. It will help you in making the decision to implement these things in your business going forward. So you making the decision will make all the difference. If you don't change the way you do things, nothing will ever change for you. You'll continue to be overwhelmed, worn thin, missing out on time with your family, constantly stressed about that to-do list that never ends, and possibly even starting to resent the business that you started with that passion and excitement fading fast in the face of exhaustion, overwhelm, and burnout. So here are the six things that I learned throughout the years that have been game changers for my productivity and helped me get organized, get more done, and get my life back. Number one, get your workspace functional. I wanted to talk about this first because I feel it's so important in setting the tone for the rest of these items. And you may not even realize it, but the mood, the lighting, colors, organization, layout of your workspace can have a drastic effect on your productivity. Think of any type of office work situation you can, and I've probably tried it. Kitchen table, been there. Spare bedroom with a huge corner desk. Yep, I've had a desk facing a window, facing a wall. My office now is the things that I've learned from about nine different office setups over the last 12 years. And I learned how I work best and what things can be discouraging or make me feel buried in work and what elements make me feel inspired and keep me productive and doing my best work. So here's what I've learned through trial and error. You need to create a designated workspace. If you don't have a designated workspace, it's going to be much harder for you to get motivated to sit down and work when you need to. So think about it this way. It's easier to sit in front of the TV. 
or on the back porch and edit or answer emails, but then you're inching toward relaxing and you're getting distracted by the TV or whatever's going on in the backyard. And you'll find that your motivation to focus until a task is done is a lot harder to find. Not to mention, I can't watch Friends or The Office and not watch the screen. It's impossible. I would watch an entire episode and realize that I'm just sitting there watching and I'm still halfway through that email. If you work better disconnected from Wi-Fi with zero distractions, find a quiet space or a corner of a cafe or a bookstore, put in your noise-canceling AirPods or headphones and work until quitting time. If you know that's how you're more productive, plan times throughout your week for that. Now, personally, I am very distracted by noise and other people. Most of the time, I don't even put on music to work because I'm so focused on what I'm writing or what I'm doing. I am definitely not a coffee shop person because I tend to watch people and I think about a thousand other things, the sounds, the smells, everything. I can't handle it. (laughs) So back to your workspace. I feel like it's just part of running a business that you have to learn how to be organized because the alternative feels chaotic and stressful. Not only will you have a more productive day if you're not starting off your day cleaning your desk, finding what you need, or working in the middle of a mess, you'll get more done when everything is in its place and you can easily find what you need, both in your workspace and on your computer hard drive. You should also have a workspace that inspires and motivates you. Don't face a wall. Put up some art. Did you know that abstract art in your favorite colors promotes productivity? Yep. So figure out what things motivate you and inspire you and surround yourself with a few of those elements in your workspace. It's also proven to increase clarity in thought and creativity to work in an organized, clutter-free space. Number two, figure out your flow state. Now, this is actually a term that I never heard before about six months ago. I heard it on another podcast and they were talking about this and I was like, oh, I know what that is. They were talking about how the different members of their team have different flow states. And I've always just described that as like how you work best. So I talked a little bit about this in my last point, but think about when you are the most productive for different tasks of your day. So maybe you get up and you have to have quiet time and coffee to wake up, or you do a workout to get your energy levels up. For me, it's stressful to start editing first thing in my workday because I could literally spend my entire day editing and not be caught up. So I tackle small projects first, mindless tasks, if you will, like sorting and answering emails. And then I make my to-do list while I drink the rest of my coffee. But about 10 a.m. until about 2 p.m., I am my most productive. My VA, her most productive is around midnight to 2 a.m., And I have friends that get more done in their afternoon hours. So whatever time of day you feel the most focused, the most productive, and have the least amount of interruptions, that is your flow state. It also has to do with your environment and what type of setting you're most productive and focused in. For me, it's my home office. For you, it might be a corner desk with no distractions or a busy coffee shop with noise-canceling earphones and laundry not waiting on you to be folded or a pantry full of snacks. 
So finding your flow state enables you not only to enjoy your work more, but also perform at your full potential. And I don't know about you, but when I'm able to cross things off of my to-do list in a timely manner, I feel so much more accomplished and it motivates me to keep going. And research shows that people working in their ideal flow state are five times more productive than they would be otherwise. So for my listeners with ADHD or ADD, which is very prevalent in my circle and with some of the photographers that I've mentored in the past, the idea of starting your workday might be stressful in itself and it can cause you to put it off. You'll run errands or do housework to avoid it. So make the beginning of your work time as stress-free as possible have a healthy breakfast or lunch before you begin. And if there's something that you enjoy doing, do that first, like designing an album or do yoga. It doesn't even have to be work related. If you like doing yoga before you start working to relax and get in your zone, or if you watch a show or go for a walk or just simply sitting and enjoying your coffee, I suggest setting a timer so you don't sit and do yoga for an hour or (laughs) watch a TV show for three hours. It defeats the purpose of what you're doing to start your work time off right. But I also suggest starting with a simple, easy task that you can cross off the list and make the rest of your day more doable and motivate you to keep going. If you start off with something that's more challenging or mentally exhausting, you'll be more likely to not start or get discouraged and walk away from your to-do list altogether. Number three, set office hours and shooting hours. I know this seems so basic, but set specific work times for each week or each day. It doesn't even have to be the same every day or the same hours every day or every week. If you have young children at home, I know your day is going to look different than if they're in school during the day or another business owner with no kids. You have to figure out what works for you in the stage of life and business that you're in now. I used to have three days a week to work and only about 15 hours total, sometimes only 10 hours. So when the boys were just babies, I got even less time to work on my business. So I learned how to be flexible, but get organized in a way that made the most of my time and most of the things that I'm talking about today were learned during that busy season of my life and my family. So first off, when you're setting your office hours and thinking about how much time you'll spend working, Keep in mind that larger chunks of time are going to be more productive than small increments here and there and stick to it. Every day or every week may be different for you, but be disciplined about keeping your work hours and being able to close it down, mentally clock out and leave when it's time. So just a tip here about mindset that changed everything for me, schedule your business around your personal life not the other way around. Don't let your clients dictate your schedule. For example, Sundays are family days and rest days for me. I don't schedule anything on a Sunday and I rarely will shoot a wedding on a Sunday. I don't answer emails or text. I don't edit or work on the podcast. I might scroll Instagram for ideas and audio to use for upcoming reels But that's as I'm watching the boys play in the backyard or while we're watching a movie after dinner and winding down for bed. But decide what your boundaries are, what you want from your schedule, and stick to it. As far as days that you want to shoot on, 
I will say, if you're not flexible at all when it comes to shooting days and you're just starting out, maybe you're working a full-time job, it is really hard to book clients that may not already have that loyalty to you. They might decide to book someone with more flexibility. And in the first few years that I worked during the week, I would occasionally shoot on Saturdays and Sundays because that's the only days that I had. So use your judgment here. But the point is to set hours that you're going to be working and discipline yourself to stick to it. From experience, the days that I mentally clock out and step away from my computer or my office, I'm able to be so much more present with my family. But if I find myself working after they're home from school or on a day that I'm supposed to be off, I get easily irritated. My mind stays in work mode and I feel like I'm stepping away from something unfinished and it makes me stressed the entire rest of the day. It's hard for me. So you have to decide what works for you and you have to train yourself to keep to it. You have to discipline yourself. And I get it. I can be a workaholic. I feel successful as a business owner. So it's hard not to want to come back to this. But here's the thing. The key to happiness is to decide to be fully present wherever you are. If you're with your kids or with your spouse, be present. Don't be occupied with your work. And when you're at work, that's the time to be fully present and committed and dedicated and disciplined to your work. So when your mind is split, you're never going to be happy. You're going to resent the business if you're thinking about the time you're missing out on your family. And you're going to be stressed and worried about the business if you're not fully present with your family. And I have found this to be 100% true every single time. Number four, evaluate your to-do list. Are you ready for a truth bomb here? Multitasking is a delusion and it is the opposite of productivity. So instead of actually getting more done, you're constantly jumping from one task to another. And in the long run, it'll actually take you so much longer than if you just focus on one task at a time. So here's what I suggest instead. Take the time to write out a list of all of the tasks that you do in your business, daily, weekly, monthly. Write them all down, no matter how small they seem. I even wrote down things like ordering supplies, posting on social media, spending time answering comments and DMs on social, cleaning my office, Literally everything that I do that relates to my business and my life, no matter how big or small a task. Now you can see what tasks need to be done once a month, like ordering shipping supplies, scheduling social media posts on a program like Planoly, balancing business finances, one day a month to write out four blog posts that you can schedule throughout the month rather than doing one every single week. What only needs to be done once a week? Maybe one long workday of editing to get everything caught up for that week. Maybe you order groceries and office supplies online on Thursdays for pickup on Fridays. This is how you're going to fight that daily overwhelm of tasks. Not only deciding which ones are daily priority, but which ones can be lumped together or done less often. Now let's think about your daily tasks. Write them all down with similar tasks together. And I call this task batching where you're finishing similar tasks together so that you're in that mental capacity to get that type of task done instead of switching back and forth in the different types of tasks that you're doing as an entrepreneur. 
For example, as a photographer, you probably already understand when I say it is so hard to swap back and forth between editing and doing other things. It's better to get much of your editing done at once in a larger chunk of time rather than small increments throughout the day or throughout your week. I can edit more in a four-hour window than I can working one hour a day for four days. So much more. Try it out and see for yourself. Try to focus on completing one task at a time, but create a system for yourself to get them all done more quickly. Another example is emails and social media. So these are both things that can be done only once or twice a day, not all day long. So turn your desktop alerts off, turn your phone notifications off, answer your emails first thing in the morning, and then that's it. Have a set time that you respond to social media comments and messages and set a timer on your phone. You can even go into Instagram and set a daily time limit in the app. Things like updating your website can be done once a month or even once a quarter. And I talked in my last episode about how you can make the most of your slow season by setting up processes for things that are time consuming during your busy season. And this was one of those items as well as social media planning. So go listen to that episode if you haven't already so you can hear more about how to schedule social media out a month or a week at a time and not have to do that daily. But from the list you just created, decide which tasks can be time suckers for you, like maybe answering emails or scheduling social media. For me, it's editing and set a timer. I also want to note here, don't be discouraged if things take longer than you expect as you're learning to work this way. So start keeping track of how long things take on average. And if you know you only have five hours to work on a specific day, don't write down 10 things that you have to do that day, especially if you know that six of them take an hour. So this will help you be realistic about what you can actually get done in a day. And if you don't, give yourself that grace to move that item to the next day's to-do list. When something comes up in the middle of the day, add it to your to-do list in the appropriate spot. Don't feel like you have to do it right away. Do it when it's time for that type of task and don't feel bad for telling clients that they'll have to wait for a special request because it's out of your ordinary workflow or just say, I've added it to my to-do list. I will get that done for you as soon as I can. Just because it's a client requesting something doesn't mean that it's urgent for you to handle it right then. I mean, Unless it's a wedding that you have tomorrow and they're wanting a timeline change, then you probably should just do it right then. (laughs) I also suggest having a set day of the week that you schedule all of your appointments. You run your errands or you have to leave the office. If you know that you have three meetings that you need to schedule, set them back to back so you don't have to drive out to a location three days out of your work week and cut the amount of time that you have to work on your office tasks. I find that having a physical planner has helped me so much with the overwhelm of tasks that have to be done each week. As things come up, I can write them in my week where I want them to go rather than feeling like I have to do something right away so I don't forget or just because it's now on my mind and it feels urgent. If you struggle with ADD or ADHD, Schedule breaks in your day and take a break the right way. And I know it sounds counterproductive for someone that doesn't understand how 
the ADD, ADHD brain works. So you'll need to set a timer for your break or you know all too well that that short break can turn into a distraction or the end of your workday. Don't look at social media, but instead set a timer, get up and take a short walk, do some yoga, get a healthy snack and some water. Definitely avoid anything that has proven to be a time suck for you, like running to grab lunch or watching just one episode of a show. Whatever you decide is easiest for you to focus and accomplish what you need to each day, whether you leave your planner open and go straight down your list, or if you need to clear your desk of all distractions and keep one simple list for that day, figure out a system that works best for you. It will make your workday shorter, easier, and make you feel less scattered and more productive each day. Number five, streamline or automate your processes. And I cannot stress this one enough. It's one of the biggest game changers in the growth of my business. So along with scheduling your days, your weeks, your months in a way that you get more done, you should also consider the processes that you have in your business and how you can make them easier on yourself and for your clients. Thinking about individual client-related tasks, I want you to think about from a client's perspective. Each step that is taken on their part and on yours in their experience with you. I'm referring to the process that you follow for each client and each type of session so that you never miss a step and you know exactly where you are for each client. And I cannot recommend enough using a CRM platform like HoneyBook or Dubsado. Years ago, for each client that booked a session with me, I used to have to send a PDF of their contract. I created an invoice in PayPal and I printed out their paid invoice. I printed out their contract. I signed it and I scanned it into my scanner and emailed it back to them. Talk about a waste of time. (laughs) Now I send all my wedding invoices and contracts through HoneyBook. They automatically get a copy when we both sign electronically and I can see where they're at with payments at any time. The entire process is seamless now. By using a CRM, you'll find that you're saving time figuring out where you are with each client and overall client experience will be better for it. You can schedule certain emails to go out one week before their session or six weeks before a wedding day or two weeks after their session to ask for a review. For example, if there's an email that you always send at a certain point in their session or wedding planning process, create a template for it. Then you can do what I did recently and send out a mass email to all your upcoming brides and let them know of a booking special for summer boudoir sessions. I was able to create an email, send it out to about 30 brides at once, rather than trying to remember who I've mentioned it to and go individually to each client and send that email. I was able to do that in about five minutes and I booked three sessions from it. If you're a photographer and you're currently not using a client management system, even if you only have a handful of clients, think about setting up a system and workflow for each client you book. It'll help you streamline your onboarding and workflow processes, saving you valuable time. HoneyBook is a CRM platform that allows you to organize and track every potential current and past client from the inquiry phase all the way to the last paid invoice and last deadline. 
With HoneyBook, I love that I can easily send contracts and invoices right from the platform and instantly see where I'm at in the workflow with each client, see all my documents and client information in one place, no more digging through physical files or losing information in email chains. HoneyBook starts at $9 a month, but you can get started with a free trial just to test the waters and then get 20% off your annual subscription by going to thefearlessphotographer.com slash HoneyBook and never let an inquiry or a deadline slip through the cracks again. Another example of how you can automate parts of your workflow is to create a landing page for clients that need to book and pay their session fee or deposit. Like I mentioned, I used to send out the PDF and send out an invoice for everything. But a few years back, I created a hidden page on my website that has all my sessions, what's included, pricing, and a general contract. And at the bottom of the page, they can sign the contract and pay their session fee with a PayPal button. We don't have to rely on me sending out contracts and creating new invoices for every single client just to get a session booked. It's really improved the overall client experience so much. I only have to send them the link to the landing page and they book when they're ready. I don't have to chase people down and say, hey, where's your contract? Did you get your invoice? I don't have to do any of that anymore. So think, are you doing the same things over and over? like emails you send or information you have to give often, consider having more hidden pages in your website for things like planning wardrobe for family sessions or engagement sessions, or maybe an FAQs page that you can send them after they book, a page for ideas on how to display their family photos in their home. I even have a page with my album information. So I don't have to go back and forth talking about the albums with clients when I just had to create the page one time. It has saved me so much time going back and forth. Another idea that has saved me so much time was to create a gallery for all my favorite locations. And I know this sounds really simple. And if you haven't done this before, you're probably having like this aha moment. And for me, I don't know why I didn't do these things sooner. It just saves so much time. So now I only have to send them one link. They look through the locations and choose a location. I may give them suggestions on what time of year is best for these different locations or like, you know, right now is spring. So there are some locations that don't work right now, or maybe they have a morning session. And I know for a fact that only these three locations are good for morning sessions. So I can include that in the email, but I don't have to send them all the photos and show them links to galleries done there before. I just have the one gallery. So when my clients book, I have a template that I send out confirming their session information, as well as giving them tips on wardrobe, the link to the wardrobe page, the link to the locations page, and what to expect from working with me. Then I follow up about three or four days before their session with a final confirmation, my cancellation policy, our location option, and the ideas for displaying their photos when we're done. And not to be dramatic, but automation has been a game changer in my business. The things that used to take hours of time each week only take me a few minutes now. I don't even want to think, I don't even want to think about how many hours I spent sending invoices and emails and contracts, trying to figure out what step I was in with each client. And if I forgot to send a reminder for a payment or an invoice for a payment, I didn't get paid. (laughs) I feel like this is one of the 
biggest things for me that has helped me save time throughout my week. Yes, it will take you some time to get these things set up, to create your templates, to create your you know, questionnaires, if you want to do questionnaires or set up the hidden pages on your website. But in the long run, think about how much time it's going to save you next time you book a session. You send them a link. That's it. Five minutes. As opposed to an hour out of your day, creating an invoice, sending a contract, waiting for it to come back, sending them ideas for locations, all of those things. It can now be done in five minutes. Number six, prioritize your values. Now this one I say for last because it's one of the hardest to implement. But once you start doing this, I promise it will be easier. It's liberating actually. And you only have so many hours each day. You get to choose what to do with them. It comes down to priorities and where you're at with your business and your life. When it comes to our business, a lot of times our problems with time management come from one of two things, not being able to say no and just having too much, too much on our calendar, too much on our plate, or not aligning your business with your personal priorities. If you're feeling overwhelmed by your business at this point, this is for you. If you don't start taking things off your calendar, you're not going to get it all done. There is nothing on your calendar that you did not allow to be there. And I know it's hard not to feel guilty for saying no, but if you're going to get other things done or have a healthy work-life relationship, you're going to have to learn to say no. In my very first episode of this podcast, I talked about how hard it really is to start a business, how you feel like you're losing friends and making hard sacrifices for the sake of getting your business off the ground. And if you're in the beginning stages of your business, trying to go full time or grow to be a steady phase of your business, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one. There's also another side to this. Are you spending time on things that you don't enjoy? you aren't good at, or it's too demanding of your time, eliminate those things. Learn to say no. If they have to be done, figure out if you can outsource it or automate those things. We've already talked about automation, but consider hiring someone else to do the things that you don't enjoy or you're not good at. If you don't enjoy blogging, but you know that it's necessary, hire a VA to only write blog posts each week. There are companies that actually write blog posts for you. And I found my VA on Fiverr looking for someone to do social media management. You hate housework and your husband, like mine, likes to come home to a clean house. Consider hiring a housekeeper. More photographers than you realize don't do their own editing. They don't respond to every email or post their own Instagram photos. Maybe they don't do their own laundry or clean their own house. They hire an editor, a housekeeper, a VA. They outsource the tasks that are time consuming so that they can focus on the parts of their business that they enjoy, are good at, or drive the needle forward in their business. Or if you're like I was years ago, I didn't want to let go of the business tasks. So I hired someone to help with the housework. And that saved me about four or five hours every week. Now, at this point in my business, I would rather do my own housework and hire someone to do business tasks each week. So I do have a VA now instead of a housekeeper. But if hiring someone to help with these tasks or saying no 
aren't an option for you. For instance, if you need the income so you can't turn down sessions at this point or you can't afford an office assistant, invest in your education and teach yourself how to do it better and faster. Like I've mentioned before, if you don't change the way you do things, nothing will ever change for you. My dad used to say the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. You're going to continue to be overwhelmed, worn thin, missing out on time with your family. So decide today to structure your business and your workday to get more done and start to shape your business into something that you love rather than feel overwhelmed by. I hope you'll take these six things and implement them in your business for increasing productivity to help you get organized, get more done, and get your life back. When I first started my business, I felt like I was just piecing together a business plan and spending so much time purchasing courses and resources that just didn't help me or were surface level trying to get me to invest in a bigger one size fits all type of workshop. But your business isn't one size fits all. At the time, I had no idea that photographers offered one-on-one coaching. That would have been a game changer for me. So I struggled through figuring out what worked and what didn't in those first few years. And now, over 12 years later, in a thriving six-figure photography business, I've dedicated this platform and my time into coaching photographers that want to avoid all of those mistakes I made in the beginning. And I don't tell you that to flex or to brag. I just want you to see what's possible. My goal is to work with you to turn your side hustle or hobby into a profitable sustainable and successful business. I've worked with so many photographers over the years to help them in getting their business organized, off the ground in some cases, streamlined to save time, and have helped so many grow their business into what they've always dreamed it would be. Think of a coaching session as a clear path to get where you want to be, give you insight and training that will save you time, money, late night tears and frustration, and at times, a loving kick in the pants. I want to help ambitious photographers avoid the mistakes I made along the way and remove all the guesswork that makes growing a business so tedious. Let's get where you want to be without all the trial and error along the way. To see if a coaching session is right for you, go to thefearlessphotographer.com slash mentoring. I so hope you enjoyed this episode of The Fearless Photographer. Head over to the website for all the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. If you loved this episode as much as I did, consider rating the show and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Friday and I can't wait to share what's next. Until then, have an awesome week.